वेलकम टू द सिक्सटीन एपिसोड ऑफ द थिंक वाइल्ड लाइफ पॉडकास्ट टुडे वी हैव तृप्तिमान दास फ्रॉम दरल वाइल्ड लाइफ कंजर्वेशन ट्रस्ट ही इज करेंटली रिसर्चिंग पिकमी हाउस इन असम हाई तृप्तिमान सेंटीमीटर and the height is around uh, 25 cm and the adult male weight approximately 8 to 9 kg and females obviously a bit smaller than males and uh, if you compare to normal wild boar uh, which found in the indian forest it's like 10 to 15% uh, less bulkier so it's wall also it is walls one of the most rare uh, swede uh, in the group no the very rare species um, and it found in a very small narrow grassland beds um historically found in this particularly grassland beds and now only confined to uh, the grasslands in manas uh, and orang national park so th- so these two are now stronghold could you just elaborate a bit on where they are found across india yeah so as i already told you we only found in uh, the tarai belt uh, which you commonly know as savimalan grass and now we found only two population exist one is in manas national park in uh, northern bank of brahmaputra and another is where we uh, our program reintroduced pygmy hogets in orang national park so these two are only a uh, national park or a protected area where pygmy hogs are uh, uh, confined so but uh, historical range is yeah it's a great area so uh, as you know it's uh, all across the rai but yeah from 60s or 70s uh, we know only these areas pygmy hogs are uh, present could you just please talk about the ecology of the pygmy hog a bit yeah so pygmy hogs is very much grassland specialist uh, species so uh, it only found in the sab himalayan grasslands where it's a very tall grasslands drier kind of grasslands and uh, this uh, it's completely grassland so if there is no grassland so there is not no possibility of pygmy hog presence also pygmy hog is the only uh, pig species which actually build all year along nest and these nest are basically make uh, they prepared these nest through the cutting of the grass and all this uh, the, the surrounding uh, vegetation no in the found which species found in grassland like particularly in sakram narenga or other species so so those uh, so basically pygmy hogs are very much confined they always look for they always build nest whenever we uh, whenever we find pygmy hogs so you always uh, you always find nest so and um, the ecology it's omnivore uh, it's um, food diet is obviously the roots of the grasses and other vegetation found in this area and also a lot of insects uh, i think um, they eat uh, they feed upon insects and also soil components and obviously some fruits uh, during during the fruiting time of the grasslands no? so they also feed on the fruits so that's their ecology so what are the main threats faced by species oh, okay the so see at present we have the we have two population in pygmy hogs one is in manas and another is in orang national park 
So Orang is basically reintroduced population. So our program reintroduced uh, pygmy hawks there, and now it's thriving. And Manas, which is actual original population, uh, the major traits is like the, uh, the degradation of the uh, Savimalan grassland. So the degradation is can be two way. One is obviously the, um, the natural process, like the natural succession, how the succession actually made. Uh, these grasslands and convert it to woodland. Uh, that's and and shrinkage their uh, habitat. And second is like a lot of anthropogenic disturbances, like the illegal grazing, and again the conversion of the big grassland sands to other uh, other areas, no? like agricultural land and all kind of thing. Uh, and then the invasive species, another problem, which is basically invasive alien plant, which comes under these grasslands and they. They replace the native grass species of all kind of sacrum or imperata, and and they make habitat unsuitable for pygmy hawks. So these are the major, though uh, because it's very rare. So in fact, we have only two hundred, less than two hundred wild population in Manas, and that's a, one of the that's the only wild population. So it's our last for last three four years we are doing a lot of science survey, capture camera trap. To estimate the population, and our estimate is it is less than 200. So the traits are, uh, yeah, very much uh, there, and it poses a big risk uh, for the species. Could you just talk about the pygmy hawk conservation project? Yeah. So uh, this, so I I will tell you a little bit background of the pygmy hawks. Uh, so pygmy hawks, as you know, in initial in 60s. So people thought that pygmy hawks uh, might be extinct from the wild, and then in 70s, uh, Darrell Institute, uh, Darrell Wildlife Conservation Trust, by basically Gerald Darrell actually mm-hmm. himself. So he he sent researchers, and they actually looking for pygmy hawks in 70s, early 70s. They discovered pygmy hawk in an uh, in a wildlife in an habitat called uh, Bornodi. Now it's a wildlife sanctuary. So Bornodi Wildlife Sanctuary. And in fact, this whole program's uh, initial idea is starting from that period itself. So looking for the species and all these things. So then uh, William Oliver, Dr. William Oliver, he is a scientist from Darrell Wildlife Conservation Trust. He, he, uh, he, he actually surveyed the whole Tarai Bill, extensive survey, and he write the first monograph of pygmy hog and his hair. So you can say from 70s, 80s, actually the ideas uh, of a conservation plan for pygmy hog has been uh, had been actually developed uh, or it was on a developing or it was their their mind on the railway conservation trust then again in the early 90s we have a lot of insurgency problem happening in the northern belt of uh, assam particularly boro insurgency problem boro 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 insurgency related issues which actually uh, devastated the protected area management of this uh, northern bank and and that time, Ayushian and uh, and the wild pig specialist group, Ayushian's wild pig specialist group, and other members thought that it might be important to save the species from extinction to build a captive breeding program uh, for like to give a second chance to the species. So in uh, in accordingly, um, uh, they started uh, the first uh, the Ayush, uh, first pygmy hog. Conservation action plan was started. Uh, that was in, uh, I think, that developed in 1993, uh, which which basically stated uh, say that uh, state that the population is declining uh, of pygmy hawk for um, all areas, all areas. So that times 
I think four or five protected areas in Assam have a pygmy hawk population, and it's 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 a decline. It's a mood of declining. So, in 1995, the pygmy hawk conservation program has been launched. So, so the initially the program has been uh, a joint collaboration between Daryl Wildlife Conservation Trust, as you know, and then IUCN Wild Pig Specialist Group, and then Forest Department of Government of Assam and Ministry of Environment, Forest Government of Assam. So it's a basically a collaborative project between government and uh, private partners uh, or what is called non-government organizations. So, so it is, it's a kind of a first time kind of a that kind of uh, public-private partnership to save a species has been initiated, in, I think, in India in, a, in, in that scale. So and then in again in the down the line, uh, two local partners in Assam to implement the project uh, activities has been joined. One is Ecosystem India, and then in 2018, a local organization called Arenya. So they also joined in the program. So now we have like a five partners, and we are running this uh, project. So it has a two major components. The program has two major components. One is uh, captive breeding, and another is the reintroduction. A reintroduction is a big one. So the basic initial objectives of the program is to reduce population decline and to promote the recovery of the species. So these are the initial uh, objective. And the short-term goal was to establish at least three wild and three captive population uh, of pygmy hawks. So then we have different, we have activities like we have, we used to do conservation breeding, then we reintroduction after habitat restoration, we do a lot of habitat restoration and then we reintroduce. And then we also do a lot of assessment of grassland management practices, which is going on in the forest department and give a um, scientific recommendation based on the, how to manage these grasslands. And we do a lot of ex extensive uh, activities for community development activities for fringe villages in these areas, like conservation networking and community intervention we also carried out. So this is an abroad, uh, it's a broad like overview of the project. So uh, moving on from pygmy hawks to the habitat of the pygmy hawks. So uh, grasslands are facing major threats around India. So why is this the case? Why are they so threatened? So uh, I am basically work on the Tarai grassland, uh, South Himalayan grassland, because India has a different uh, different type of grassland. So I can talk about only this grassland. So if you see the Tarai grassland, it's very peculiar grassland and a very uh, very critical ecosystems in a in point of view that it harbors a lot of mega diversity, mega herbivores diversity. Like we have tigers, we have rhinos, we have Asiatic water buffalo, some deer, and also like we have very critical species like pygmy hawks, Bengal forican, and hispid here. Uh, these are like very much a grassland dependent species, which called as a grassland specialist species. So these grasslands. Initially, the, the, the whole uh, narrow belt of the grassland, which starting from the Uttaranchal to up to Arunachal Pradesh in the below the Himalayas, is now actually exist in a very few protected areas. So there are some protected areas in India, particularly in the, in the, the Uttaranchal, uh, Uttar Pradesh, in Dudhua and Pilibit and all these areas. Some exist in Nepal, uh, as a Suklafanta, Baradia, those grasslands. And very few remains in the North Bengal, uh, in Jaldapara Gurumara complex, and the rest is in Assam, which basically constitutes the major is in the Manas National Park, around 250 square kilometer of grassland. And then we have a smaller bit in Orang and Deering and all these areas. 
So the biggest challenge is that the outside protected area, there is no grassland left. All are converted to agricultural land and different human activities. And secondly, inside the protected areas, the grasslands are very much threatened because of all these issues which I already mentioned, like the natural succession and all these things. Because these are not climax grassland, these are successional grassland. So, so if you don't manage this grassland properly, and because of the size of the grasslands are so small, so there is always a, a chance to become, it's become to woodland. So, in fact, there are a lot of grasslands in Assam and other areas that become woodland or like uh, deciduous species composition, converted to deciduous species composition. So, succession is the one challenge. Then, obviously, how to manage this succession and how to develop a scientific intervention strategy uh, that is also very critical. Uh, that is also uh, very much uh, challengeful also in a sense, uh, because these are uh, multiple driver laden uh, ecosystem which actually manage different uh, drivers, synergistics uh, effect actually manage these ecosystems. And uh, the, uh, the now what is another major problem is the, in, the invasion of uh, invasive species, particularly chromolina, or in a sense of Mycenae and other species, and also now these days, uh, Lantana and other species also coming up in this grassland. So those are like one of the major challenges for uh, this grassland. You mentioned about invasive species. So you had published one paper on the invasive plants in the Terai landscape. So what were your findings in this paper and what was why are invasive plants such a big threat, especially yeah. for grasslands? Yes, correct. Uh, so, yeah, we published, uh, uh, there are more papers coming up. So, basically, those uh, works coming from our Manas uh, work, Manas uh, activities, which we carried out as a part of our overall Darrell's rewilding approach. So, yeah, so the thing is, invasive species actually reducing the native species diversity. So, the, for example, the, uh, the Chromolina, uh, which is one of the most, uh, one of the uh, worst invaders, 100 world most uh, worst invaders. So it's actually replacing a lot of grassland, native grassland species. And then actually not only shrinkage the native grassland, also it actually reducing the habitat, uh, reducing the habitat, also the quality and the forage and everything related to this. So the invasive problem is it's a very big problem. It's coming up like anything and it's actually uh, very much harmful for indigenous flora. So we, from our study, what we actually try to see, like how much invasive uh, actually found in the Manas and what is the, like, we try to predict, like how much invasive can be uh, coming up in the near future. So that's some more on a prediction model, but also we do a lot of uh, small, small intervention work, like how to do, for example, we develop what is called a cyclic intervention model, uh, where we do uh, seasonal in, uh, invasive control in uh, critical grassland, which uh, have or which had a long history of pygmy have present. So we try to do small, small scale experiment. And, and what we learned from the experiments, we shifted to forest department to turn those experiments to, uh, to, um, uh, to put uh, these experiments uh, ideas or the results in their management plan to have a bigger effect in this grassland. So that's an uh, important point. So we make a lot of observation. We do a lot of experimentation on the invasive. And also we do, uh, we uh, share our knowledge with forest department and conservation partners to have more robust effect uh, to manage the uh, invasive uh, species problem in this grassland. Yeah. 
in a more broader scale why is it so important to conserve grasslands yeah so as you know the grasslands biome uh, like the bigger biomes on africa or australia or uh, compared to our grasslands um, is like what i am talking about uh, primarily on the south himalayan grasslands is very small so the thing is these grasslands are historically used by lot of it's historically used by humans and if we see the paleontological evidences or paleological evidences so these grasslands have there for like thousands of years it used by different species um like extinct megafaunas no like all the extinct uh, elephants and all these things they sibalic ranch and all these they use this thing so it's important not only from uh, conservation point of view but also it's important for the human well being so in this grassland uh, the ecosystem where this grassland ecosystem form like the particularly in the ganges belt and brahmaputra belt peoples millions of peoples live in these areas so the human well being also very much related with this uh, existence of the grassland so for example lot of ecosystem services it provides so all the major rivers from the himalayas coming up from the northern uh, himalayan foothills no it's ca- coming through this grassland so these are very dynamic river system so it move it seeps it create grasslands and eventually from this grassland it's it's a very dynamic uh, ecosystem so people live there and it's a lot of ecosystem services direct benefit indirect benefit gives to people apart from the species obviously species is there so if you see the human uh, like like how human use this landscape it's it has a long history so but unfortunately because of the lot of developmental activities uh, recently mainly from you can say from 1900 so it's 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 shifted and it changes like rapid changes is occurring so now it's uh, i think it's time to think about maybe you can create uh, more um, uh grasslands or you can you can save more lands uh for the of the grasslands tarai grasslands particularly to save the species also as you know these are of the home of number of vertebrates charismatic species tigers um uh, rhinos water buffalo elephants all these um, uh, somdeers all these mega species found in this area so maybe we can think on a, on a more holistic way to save these grasslands yeah uh, how do you think grasslands can be conserved in the terrai landscape uh apart from this protected area so the grasslands is now only as i already mentioned uh, the species found where the grasslands are mainly protected, found in a terrai areas terrai region so obviously we need a more nuanced understanding uh, about managing this grassland how we will how we are going to manage this grassland this successional grassland that's one of the key challenges and then obviously how the people local people uh, pers- local people made the perception for example when we talk about a lot of things happening in the assam and particularly in the in the manas landscape so local people's understanding on this grasslands and how they use so those things are also very critical so that people can actually understand the conservation values of the grassland and Uh, what is the how important this grassland for not only for all these rare critically endangered species but also for their well-being also so i think uh, to understand this a a kind of a very comprehensive like understanding of this grasslands present uh, i think is very critical and it has to be actually translated some kind of like uh, policy intervention maybe that is also important so like lot of uh, initially for example initially in 70s 80s people thought that these grasslands are wasteland and they try to convert it to 
broader, like more onto the woodland, which can have some economic benefit. But actually not, these grasslands are not wasteland. It harbors a lot of rich variety of biodiversity. It harbors a lot of carbons, the carbons also. It works as a carbon sink also. It works as a barrier. It's flat cushion. No? All the mega major fast flowing rivers are coming through uh, to the downstream through cutting this grassland. So this uh, these wharfs are a flat cushion also. So this kind of active uh, conservation, uh, like this kind of benefits actually provided to local people has to be there. And conservation challenges as a long term, I think the, the managing these critically patched of the grasslands the, in the protected areas, I think it's a very challenge and we need more um, scientific intervention and more nuanced approach how to protect or how to conserve these grasslands for not only for species and other benefits. My final question is, so recently we've got the cheetahs back in India. So do you think bringing them back in will help conserve the grasslands? So I don't work on this um, the, the dry grasslands. I think it's a I think scientists already assessed it, and I think might be sita can be another. So what we are actually suppose if you talk about pygmy hog as a species, and we we introduced uh, four five uh, four actually a different wildlife sanctuary. So the restoration is very critical. So when we try to introduce pygmy hogs, uh, we try to restore the grassland, and uh, in our case. We successfully uh, introduced uh, in a three areas, but two cases we failed. Our population cannot thrive in those areas because there is no habitat there. So like in uh, Sonai Rupai Wildlife Sanctuary, where our first reintroduction has started, and in the Bornodi, we completely failed because there is no grassland at all. But we succeed in the Orang because it has a grassland and the protection regime and uh, governance systems, how to manage this grassland is very well established. So I think the CETA can also be a model for uh, conservation in those areas of the dry grassland. But obviously there are some, another school of thought which thought that the other species, local species are more important than CETA, but it's a debate to, uh, to understand uh, how actually we look at the species to thrive a ecosystem in a different perspective. And yeah, I, I respect both schools' views. And yeah, if you take about, like, if you talk about our program, uh, Pygmy Hub Conservation Program, we actually, uh, we actually successfully conserve the species in, uh, reintroduce the species in Oran, and the grasslands are doing well. Yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, so that is my last question. Thank you so yeah. much for your time. Thank you, Anish.